This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Well.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. In this week's episode, I chat with Weston Spencer, who you might know from his company Salt City Steel or his product, the Picket Master Pro. He chats about how he got into welding because of his dad, who worked as a diesel mechanic for the city. Then, in one of his first welding jobs, he worked making ornamental handrails and gates, which, when having to space out pickets, he knew there had to be a tool to make it easier to get your spacing right. And then, when struggling to find something like it, he decided to make the Picket Master Pro. He also talks about his work as a millwright at a ski resort, fixing all types of equipment and solving problems with welding. We dive in after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you tired of carrying multiple pieces of equipment on your service truck? Lincoln Electric has introduced the solution, the Ranger Air 260 MPX. This multifunction engine drive combines an air compressor, generator, battery charger, battery jump starter, and multi-process welder in one compact device, specifically designed for the unpredictable circumstances and job demands of the work truck industry. But that's not all. The Ranger Air 260 MPX is also designed to provide a lower cost of ownership with features such as auto stop start technology and an electronic throttle body engine with variable engine speed. Don't miss out on this versatile and reliable machine that can handle any demanding job site. Visit www.lincolnelectric.com for more information on the Ranger Air 260 MPX available later this year and save space on your truck for other tools and gear with this compact power horse. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience just in case they're not familiar with you and what you do? Yeah. Hey, my name is Weston Spencer. I own a little weld shop called Salt City Steel in Salt Lake City. And I am uh, the inventor, I guess you'd say, of the Picketmaster Pro, the equal spacing layout tool. I'm also a ski lift mechanic millwright. Um, so kind of all over the place, just busy as heck. Yeah, man. The ski lift stuff. That really piques my interest as well because I grew up in Colorado and I know snowboarding yep. my entire youth up there every single weekend. So that's really cool. Uh, how did you first get into welding in the first place? So my old man, it was, he's retired now, but uh, heavy duty diesel mechanic for the city. So he was super talented mechanic and to be a good mechanic, you got to be a pretty decent welder like you got to be able to use welding to modify anything you need to, to make like you're trying to fix something if you could weld on it to fix it it's going to make it easier you know so he was pretty into it we built a few projects in the garage when i was really young like 10 or 12 he showed up with a stick welder we started tinkering with that we remember building some side steps for his truck or something like that and some bumpers so he got me into it really young i got pretty lucky to be raised with the father who was in the trades to actually teach me something rather than just kind of learning later and then i got into shop <laughs> class and all that too so there's a whole bunch of it 
It was right away. Like really early, I was welding. What was it? Stick welding at first? Was it MIG welding at first? What was your first introduction? My first time would have been stick welding. Yeah, we had a little, one of those Lincoln uh, tombstone welders that he borrowed from a friend or something for a while. So it would have been stick welding, but I didn't really get the bug and tell them he bought a MIG welder or even in high school when I got a MIG welder in there and stuff and started really get after it and started building trucks and stuff with them. So that was more of a, I'd say MIG welding is when I really learned what the heck I was doing. When you, like your journey in welding, like, did you go and work for shops or like, how did, Yeah, I did. what was that like? That was pretty interesting. So I didn't really, I was decent. I built a, did some welding on a pickup truck we built an Isuzu pup and put a t- solid front end on it, a Toyota front end on it. I made this big off-road truck. And then I had like six, I think I was 16 or 17, went through a few stupid jobs, worked at a tire shop and whatever. And my dad's like, Hey, you're going to go be a welder now pretty much is what he said <laughs> he dropped me off at the ornamental iron shop that was across the street from my uncle's place right down pretty much downtown salt lake old school ornamental iron like building scrolls and brass handrails and super cool stuff and they hired me right on the spot passed their weld test and learned a whole bunch of stuff there and i've kind of been building handrails ever since so you said brass handrails? Yeah, we did a quite a mostly like brass tops and stuff, like brass handrail caps. We've messed with some of that. Okay. Like they do, this guy would do some of the nicest stuff. We'd get stuff forged just for jobs. Like we did a few jobs in the state capitol here in Utah. Like a lot of the old, that's awesome, intricate. Yeah, like you know, like in the downtown cities where it was all really old handrails that were built by blacksmiths practically. We'd have to make yeah. stuff to match that. So I really got into some pretty high-end stuff. And then we did the basic stuff, too. Your basic half-inch picket and with channel iron handrail, we did all kinds of that, too. So it was a pretty neat shop to work at. What was the process of, of trying to match those old styles? Like, like, what was that fabrication process like? So I was just the grunt. I was a young kid, so... I didn't get a whole lot of the design aspect. The plan, their plans would show up. But once I did get more involved with it, it was pretty cool. We'd have, they'd come to us and be like, we want to match this old post. And you know, the posts had like four corners with like a house roof to it. And we'd have to go get stuff hand forged. Like we'd actually go down to the La Foundry, not too far away. And they would like cast molds of it and get us the actual parts that were matching it. And then we'd, yeah, then we'd make a lot of parts too in house. We do the scrolls and we get them hot in a forge and bend the S's and all the cool little shapes and do those intricate, ridiculously expensive gates. So there was, <laughs> dude, that's what's up. Those were cool. I, I wish I could like get those... into that on my own. I have not really messed with any of that since then. So that was 15, 17 years ago now almost. And I haven't really got to play with that very much since. Oh, dang. Well, so, but you said you've, you've done a lot of handrails and, and you have a product that is perfect for people to do a lot of handrails. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you came up with making the Picket Master Pro? Yeah, dude, that's, that's great. So Picket Master Pro, I, at that shop, there was tools similar to this. So it's an accordion layout tool, kind of just spreads out, looks similar to like the coat rack your grandma used to have on her wall. They like would spread out. <laughs> yeah, I've been compared to that a little nub. Yeah, on exactly. Them. You've seen them, but compared to that a few times. But he had in that shop, they had a bunch of these tools, and that's how you spaced out pickets. 
was you just spread this out and every space is exactly the same and you're not wasting time doing math or and on all that or just using spacer blocks because you want to make them all the same so he had these yeah. tools and once i quit my life just hated doing the math it always seemed like a big waste of time to me it's like if you were to use a square your regular old triangle square and then somebody took it away and told you to do math it, it just that's how i felt about it i just got so annoyed because you know you're when you go to equal spacing, you got your four feet or whatever, your four feet, two inches, and you got to divide that up in how many spaces. And then you're trying to chase that, let's call it four and seven sixteenths plus four and seven sixteenths down your cap, your tape measure. If you fudge that up a little ways, it's going to be out of whack. Or let's say yeah, if you even- A little bit goes a long way. Oh, it does. Big run. Or if you did it where you made that little block and you're trying to just mark and that marker size you went, you keep- putting on the wrong side and it's wrong by the end you're like what the heck everything's wrong it always i'd always have to do it three times and that bugged me and i so i knew there was a tool how to do it and i could never buy them dude i'd look online every few years and search for for hours and never could find one other than like super small ones that were made for aircraft builders to use them for space and rivets and they were uh, making these accordion tools or they had them for them that they didn't work for like your regular fabrication shelf. So finally, I kind of started tinkering. I have to make one. Start playing with my kids' Legos and like look, hooked them all together. And I made one out of that. I'm like, oh, that's just crazy easy. Made my own, came out and built one by hand out of flat bar and then just started hounding. And I was like, I got to sell these. Like, this is saving my life. Like, well, somebody else needs these. We can't buy them anymore. So, been pushing on Instagram pretty much ever since then. That was about, that was same, it was in COVID. So, about, what three years now is that how far out we are now he's been about that long four four Almost years four. yeah we've been doing it for a while now it's been pretty cool that's awesome man like i i definitely know i hate doing the math when i have to spread them out but like you know there's another big part of pickets in general is that there's a code where they can't be more than x amount uh they can't be more than x amount apart like when it comes to like the spacing of them so yeah like with your picket master pro is that is that something that is like it won't go past a certain time like no length or no it no. doesn't it doesn't prevent you from going over code is because your code's going to change so what the code is let's guess we'll start there the code pretty much nationwide i don't think anywhere that i've heard of in america is different is max of a four inch ball cannot fit through the pickets so that's to keep the kids' heads from sticking through and getting stuck and calling the fire department and making a big mess. Yeah, those mess. fire department guys, they need a break sometimes. Yeah, they, yeah. they don't need to show up for cats and kids' heads and rails anymore. So whenever they made that code up, <laughs> that was what that was about. And there is places on the rail that can change. Like it's, if it's on the bottom of the stair, like between that bottom rail and the stair, that little triangle there, I think you could have like six or eight inches there depending on the code. And usually that's not one they're worried about. It's more about that four inches. And that's what's cool with the Picketmaster. It'll keep that throughout your railing. So what I recommend guys doing with the Picketmaster, so you get you get your um, your code, so your four inches, and then whatever your picket is, if you're doing a half-inch picket or a one-inch picket or two-inch, we can go that big with because we could spread out to six and three-eighths between each point. So you can spread that out pretty far. And then you, so that's what you know your max is. So with that, let's say that four and a half inches, the four plus your picket, that's you cannot go above that with your spacing on the picket master from center to center or edge to same edge on the next picket, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, a gap in between. Yep. So it really helps Just making sure get, we don't go past. It, it helps you get not past it. So it's, I really like it because of that. And you can fudge it. That's where your calculator, like if you wanted to get as close to that number as possible, you can use your calculator and get close. And you're going to add, pick it here, and then you're going to lay it out. And you're going to realize you missed somewhere. With Picket Master, you can just spread it out and you'll see it instantly that you're on code or not on code. It's kind of a handy tool for it. And then, yeah, no, that's the visual representation is huge. That's like, how I, I see it all. I, <laughs> yeah. Like if, if on paper, it could mean one thing, but until I can see it, you know, that's, that's why I like your product a lot. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It makes that pretty sweet. Cause then if you want to add a picket, or you can do it with anything. You don't have to pick it. You can be a weld. You can space your welds with it. You can do anything like that with it. But it really helps with the codes. And then being that larger distance where if I had it always stop at four inches, if you know when you do the handrail going down the stairs, that That's space different. gets bigger. So you're going to use, yeah. it usually goes to about like five and a quarter, five and a half inches. So it changes that. And we can even hit that with the Picketmaster or what really nice about it it's built that's why those little ones like i said drove me nuts because they wouldn't work for what we were doing with these handrails and just basic fabrication they weren't quite big enough and strong enough to hold up in a shop just meant for baby gates yeah baby gates and <laughs> i think they have a few out there for like spacing buttons for upholsters or there for seamstresses and they're making pillows and stuff they can and we did make some of those we have a plastic version i played with a little bit but i wasn't too in love with it at the end so as far as like your product what's it made out of so it's 304 stainless that i get laser cut so it's now my first ones i was hand cutting these with uh, from aluminum bar stock from like half by eighth inch aluminum and hand drilling them and just i we did a lot that way we maybe probably i had to have made 50 or 60 possibly 100 that way by hand and they weren't quite as accurate because you've when you're building things by hand, it's hard to be repetitive, you know? Like it is, yeah. it's not easy. Even though all of us who are pretty good at this, did metal working, if you're building the same thing by hand without mills and all that, it's not always going to be that accurate unless you're just totally making it perfect. And we, I wasn't getting that close. So we started getting them laser cut out of stainless. They show up on my doorstep and I, then we process them all in house. We ream every single hole. So it's exactly the right size. So there's, so I can eliminate any slop as much as possible. So they're very accurate, as close as I can ever get them. How many people are helping you with this? Is this still a one-man team? Or Oh, yeah. It's pretty much, well, I guess we could, it's, it's a family team, let's call it. I do have one out-of-house guy who's helping me. And all my lasers, that all comes in from uh, Send Cut Send has been doing all my laser work for me lately and doing an amazing job. So they've been helping me a lot. And then I have, well, the guy who does... To ream in all the holes, because I'll order 2,000 or 3,000 parts at once. And I was reaming every single hole by myself, but with a full-time job and a side business and then now doing the picket masters, I was just getting overwhelmed. So I found a good friend at work and I'm paying him to ream the holes and he's happy as heck to sit down and make some extra money. So it's working really good. And then the wife and the kids are helping out a ton. Like they are being amazing. I have both, all three of them, I have three kids and their preteens and teens and they're they assemble them a little bit and they help process parts and they get a little extra money and then the wife she processes all the orders for me and packages them and puts a nice little note in there and a little sticker pack we send out with every order so it's a big family affair it's really been it's been amazing it's so fun to be able to do where we are now with it it's that's awesome man i mean that's just cool that 
you the whole family is involved like that's really cool if you ask me thank you yeah they love doing yeah. it i have the kids out here they'll help me make my instagram videos and everything they they love even getting in here and welding a little bit and they they just like being involved so it's really been pretty cool i saw one of your recent instagrams you were there was a laser engraver you were using yeah i ended up uh x tool they sent me a laser to try out and i so i like to laser engrave my name and my website on every Picketmaster. so if somebody want doesn't remember where they got it they want to get another one it's right there or if a buddy walks in the shop it's the name's on it i really think you should try to get your name on a product so we've been outsourcing that and finally x tools a laser engraving company reached out and they offered to send me one and i've been loving it it is a cool machine and yeah, we've been playing with that a whole bunch. I engrave every part. My kid will actually do most of it. He sits down and engraves them for me and they'll, they'll use the laser for cutting out little wood products and stuff. He did a bunch of Christmas ornaments. I totally recommend awesome. anyone to get a laser. They are super cool. Very fun tool to have. Yeah. Well, considering you have saved so many people so much time with this tool, what are other things that have saved you time when it comes to your career in fabrication? Just the right tools, the right squares, genuine speed squares or something that's really saved me a lot of time. And even all the like the fireball tools and all those amazing stuff that he makes and saved me a bunch of time. But a lot of it's just having the right welder around, having the right table, building yourself a decent weld table right away. Like you don't have to have those big jig tables and all that. That's something that, I've, I like, but some of that, it's like, you're showing these new guys, they need to buy a $20,000 table. No, you just need a piece of steel. <laughs> yeah. You just go to town and start working. It's you. Yep. So that's, then you don't that, always that was have one to. of my first ones. Yeah. You just get a big chunk of steel and throw it on the table. And heck, we all built them probably on, I, my first ones were in the driveway on uh sawhorses and stuff. So make something happen. But as soon as you can afford a nice a quarter inch, three inch sheet, pick that up and make yourself a table. That's one of the things I really recommend as one of the first projects is at least a little small mini welded. A steel table is a yeah, very nice not thing. Not galvanized steel. No, not galvanized, not aluminum, <laughs> not wood. <laughs> Don't go with that. My first, like my table, that like my big table, first big one I, I built, I got a really, really good deal. Like I found this plate. Yeah. It was like, it was quarter inch plate. I was like, heck yeah. And it was like super cheap. And then I looked at it and it was galvanized. And I was like, oh, that's why. Oh, no. All right. Well, I'm, and I bought it and I ground every last bit. Dude, <laughs> like, I bet you I threw on both sides. <laughs> it was not fun. But, um, so I, I understand like that. That's one of the things I tell people is when you build your table, don't build it out of galvanized because you'll have to grind the entire thing. off. No. And I hope you had a respirator on that stuff. It's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. No, I sure did. Oh, good. Cause I've gotten sick a bunch of times welding with that back when you're young and the boss just says, Hey, go weld that down. You're just messed up. And I have to do a lot of that at work. All the ski lift parts are galvanized. So I know how to deal with that stuff. We do a lot of it. It's, it's a mess. Well, so with your work, like doing all the ski lift work, if you do run into galvanize, what do you do? So I run into it every day, any repair I have to do. So I'm the head fabricator for the whole ski resort. There's a bunch of other guys who can weld and they get a lot done and do really well. The, the guys in the auto shop, they do their own. 
but I do most of the welding for lift maintenance and for the general resort anymore. <laughs> but the chairs are all galvanized. The lots of the parts are galvanized. So when they do crack, well, I just go in there with a grinder, grind it all off by hand, you know, and then I'll come in and I'll sometimes I'll even heat it up a little bit and burn some more off and then hit it with a wire wheel. I'm a really big fan of like the Milwaukee die grinders using those little things to get in there a little better those little tiny m8 m12 ones are such a handy tool to get and you can get real tight into there get rid of all that galvanized and then i use flux core most of the time for welding all that's because we're outside and flux core is an amazing wire to weld with over galvanized it's just it can burn through it and you get a way better product (sighs) That does make a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, if like, you've used it, you've did a lot of sense. It works great on rusted stuff, on a little bit of painted stuff. It doesn't have to be as clean because it burns so hot. It kind of pushes out some more of those impurities. And then that flux really kind of cleans it out better. And there's some high dollar ones that work amazing. Uh, Rock Mount makes a few that are just, they, they can weld through anything. So that's, I really, if you're doing any stuff that really matters, it's worth getting some of that. It's really good products. Yeah, I've heard a lot about, like, on Jason's podcast, like, that's when he talks about a lot is Rock Mount products. Yeah, they I've, make some I've, really good, high, really expensive stuff, but it's really cool. It That's all I use at work anymore. I switched over completely because I was getting way better welds out of everything. And it's, and I'm even doing big stuff with it. We So if a big part cracks, like, so the ski lift, the big bull wheels at the top and bottom that the road pull on. Sometimes those have little, incl- little cracks. So we got to cut in and gouge out and we'll go in and I flux core those as well, because I'm outside in the elements and half the time it's snowing because you can't weld outside in the summer very often up, up on the mountain when it's grass and stuff, we burn down the hill. So I got to go out there and like, while this year I was out while I was dumping just to snowing like crazy blowing so flex score was the only way to get the product done other than a stick welder i guess i i kind of moved away from the stick welding on a lot of it too because i'm welding like weird angles i'm switching from the front of the base going around a pipe and then up a bracket so it just was my wasn't worth stick welding anymore so we were on a suitcase and just getting it done that way interesting so are you are you are you running like a dual shield or is this straight just flux core wire? No, nope, just straight flux core because that once you add that gas in, it blows away, man. It, it it's a hard without building tents and everything, and it's not worth messing with. So I just love running the, the flux core. I do a lot of that too with handrails. That's a really big handrail. Guys know a lot about flux core too. We do a lot of that because you don't have to take a tank with you into the over to the house to put your gate on. Makes it really easy for that. You don't have to take take all those extra pro- parts with you. Well, when it comes to the cleanup of flux core, because you're going to have that flux. Oh yeah, that's af- like laid on there. Like, how do you tackle it? My big go to is just a wire wheel anymore. Uh, I used to tit it with chip and hammers, then a wire wheel. But I got to where just hitting it with this nice wire wheel on your four inch, four and a half inch grinder works good, or a die grinder. Like now they got those new little corded or cordless die grinders, and I'll put a little wire brush i think they call them and that gets it off really quick because or even if you have to a hand brush but and that is the one cool thing with flux cord is if you burn it hot enough like you do that first pass and you go to that second pass you can crank that stuff up and it will actually kind of pop out some of that old uh slag that's still sitting on that weld if you got a little bit left you can burn that off it's so funny because like flux core is 
very neglected in my opinion. Oh yeah. It's, it is very, I know like in the grand scheme of things, like the people who are out there, like doing a ton of like high deposition work, flux core is the way to go. But when you go through schools, like most schools, you're going to get taught stick welding, TIG welding and MIG welding. And maybe you'll touch on flux core, but not really, you know? Oh, for sure. But I feel like it, it, it's a lot of people's introduction. Like I talked to a lot of makers, you know, yep. like people in the, the maker community and like flux core is usually their first step in, you know, that's because it's, it's affordable too. You can get into it. Your home depot machine that it can be pretty cheap machine to get it. And it welds, it gets the job done. It gets it done and yeah. it welds almost the hotter. Like we're saying it can actually burn in a little better. A lot of people hate it absolutely hate it and they want to do dual shield all the time and they wanted to have gas which is great but it has its place but i really am a advocate for flux core and i think it probably is going to piss some people off but i i'm not scared to say it <laughs> hey man as a process for the people yep i think right? so i really think so because it's it's affordable the wire isn't that much money especially you don't have to buy a 400 tank so i get why a lot of people start with it yeah I I started with stick machine. Nice, but then I I got a flux core. Yep. I got I got one of the Harbor Freight flux cores because I was just like I just want to have this capability, and it was like middle of welding school, and I was like I'm going to learn how to do flux core. I love it. I think it's a great little handy machine to do little repairs here and there. Oh yeah. I talk about a bunch of different types of equipment in the welding world, and you know there's a lot out there. Yeah, there is. But there's a lot. Like there's like, but just like the, the level of machines, you know, it's like you got your big players in the game and all of their machines are at a set price, you know, it's like you're, you're talking about here's, here's the entry level to that. And then there's your hardware stores. You can get machines there. That's like a whole, another level. And then there's the online like black market. Yeah, that's fun. (laughs) It's like, you you got a hundred bucks. You got yourself a welder. It's crazy. The world we live in and the welding, just like, and the technology on the welding side, it's, it's wild to me. It is. And it's so cool. I've seen how smart it can get for affordable now too. With the, mm-hmm. And they are, a lot of them are the black market. Like you say, they come from overseas and, but a lot of them are freaking great. There's quite a few brands that I would, I recommend to people all the time because they're saving them a bunch of money. Like if it's not your all day, every day, and you just need it for a couple things. You could probably get by not having the top of the line welder. Oh, I know guys who run full businesses, full handrail shops. I know a lot of a lot of handrail shops over around the whole country, of course, with through the Picketmaster on online. I talked to hundreds of different guys, and they some of them have the the Yes welders or the Everlast and the Prime welders, and just they're killing it with them. They're doing really really well with them, and they don't even want to upgrade. They don't see a reason to. They're to the big names if it works it works oh yeah i just i did a video so i'm a musician and i one of my first projects i ever made was a pedal board and it was terrible like i all i had was a stick welder and thin uh tubing because it used to be it was like my sister-in-law's bed frame that she was throwing away i was like i'll take it and make a project out of it Cool. And, and so like I I I got it to stick together. As it was not pretty, but man, I've played probably at least two hundred shows with that pedal board. 
And and it's just hilarious to me because it's so trash. And so I was like, it's time to upgrade. And I got one of the Yes Welder, the CT 2050s, which is a seven in one. It's a plat, like oh, it wow. does it's- stick welding and plasma. Uh, it does TIG welding, but the plasma cutter, it has an internal air compressor. That's and like, that's what sweet. I'm all about. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> does it work pretty well? It worked great. Nice. Like it, it can't, if you're working with thin materials, you're good to go. Yeah. But if you're, once you start going up, like I, I pushed it to the limit, like I cut 11 gauge with it, but that was, that was pushing it, you know, yep. but on 18 gauge all day. That and that that's that's super cool. I've, why not have that? You know, for they're almost giving them away. They're not a very expensive machine. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> if, yeah, they're just giving them they away. They practically man. are, and they're they get it done. <laughs> why not get one and learn how to use it? And then if you find some more cash laying around, you upgrade, or you get a job where somebody's going to pay you whatever, a couple grand to do something. You try to tax them on and get your next tool the upgrade them is kind of what I see a lot of people doing and it works out amazing. Yeah. Use your welder to buy another welder. Exactly. Now you end up with too many like I have and most of them just sit here. <laughs> they're great. They're great decorations. They are. I wish my wife would let me bring them in the house, but she don't like them in the house. <laughs> she says, no, oh, you just got to dust them off first. Oh, that's know? my, that might help. <laughs> yeah. Some of those high dollar ones I've seen where those, People are bringing them in their house and putting them on their mantles and stuff. Like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, man, if I had a ranger, like, a, yeah, why not? I had one of those brand new rangers, <laughs> it'd be sitting right in my living room there you go. every night. <laughs> yeah, that would um, great. So, in your career as a welder and also in your career as a business owner, what have been some of the most rewarding points? of your career oh man i don't know some of the times when you could solve a problem that somebody's been fighting with especially as a mechanic when like you roll in and they're like oh we can't get this and can't get it to a line or like what if we just weld this on here and we could push it or pull it or you can't get something apart but if you weld on a big pushing bar to it we could push it off or anything like that it's really cool but in his just being able to, or a bolt gets stuck, you know, and you see somebody drilling it out, but we can just weld a nut to that bolt because it broke off and you can weld a nut in that hole and pull the right, right out of there. That's always what I think is the coolest thing with welding is solving the problems that other people have, whether it's fixing it or making something that they didn't know they needed really, you know, but I have a huge fan of doing that at work when i look at a problem or how a job's getting done like you know if i just built a table let's go simple as adding a table to their product to their production line it would help out with these guys getting it done quicker or making a cool little tool or a little bit uh some type of a hook or whatever to hang something for them or a stand or i've even made like spools for cables so we can spool up our rigging cables a little bit better and that's stuff that I really love about welding that you can just solve any problem, whether at work or even yeah. at home, like at home, if you have your little welder and your wife's cookie sheet breaks or cookie or like the, what do they call them? Like the cookie dryer sheet? Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the drying rack. Yeah. I've had those break and I just go tack them back together. And here you go. It's good. To, we don't need to go to the, get another one. You're good to go. Like, or your hook breaks. You can weld that back on, on anything. It's. 
I just think everybody should know how to weld because it can solve so many problems. I do too, man. Yeah. Like I really do. Like I'm a huge advocate. Like every single, like I, I had a friend of mine, Guthrie Brown. He's a, a musician and songwriter out in Nashville. He came to visit me recently and I was like, you're going to learn how to weld while you're here. Nice. And he was like, he was like, all right. And so we did some, I, we did stick, we did TIG and we did MIG. And he liked TIG the most. And I was like, very interesting. That's cool. Very interesting. Some people love it. I, I've never had a job where I had a TIG weld, so I'm not really good at it. I can get it done and I can make it look okay, sort of, but I've never had to do it at work. So I'm not the best at it. It's, hey, it's okay. You don't have to be the best at everything. No, that's okay too. That's, that's what the other guys for, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I feel like that's a big part of, of the welding industry that I, I I really respect it that like most welders like they want to be the best at everything they could possibly be, but it, it is okay if you are stronger at stick welding. It's okay if you're not the greatest TIG welder, and if you are the greatest TIG welder, it's okay if you're not the greatest MIG welder. Don't tell know? the internet like that it's... though. Holy crap! I don't think anybody <laughs> on Facebook has ever heard that. <laughs> <laughs> trust me i i hear it every day isn't it fun i hear it every day <laughs> i love it yeah that's that's it's, my least favorite part with all this is some of the hate but i just love it because you're just giving me views so keep on hating i love it <laughs> yeah the hate the hate's very interesting like i i've had that conversation with multiple like i've had i had bob claggett he has a channel i like to make stuff i don't know if you've ever seen I like it, i have he makes everything like he makes all kinds of different stuff and we were talking about like the haters and the comments he phrased it like the the people that are throwing out the most hate they're just the loudest people in the room because they just want to be heard yes you know and it's a lot of times if you just engage with those people then you know it's there's something else behind that but it is so crazy though. It is. <laughs> like it, it is it, just crazy the things that people will say. Oh yeah, it's insane. I get so much of it when I especially when I get a video to go a little more viral and the use a tape measure, just use a use the math, use a tape measure, just use spacers. <laughs> it's like, okay, that works. This is just another option, man. It's just another way yeah. to go. Especially my new product. I don't know if you've seen the videos, but I did a three-point. So it's a center finder now. So if you want to find Ooh. center all the time, it just equal you have one in the middle and it go to the sides and you're in the middle no matter what you're spacing out that one is it's a it's selling really hot but when it goes viral people get so mad because <laughs> how dare you make this yeah. convenient that's exactly sir. what i hear and it's like, funny as hell to me. it's like didn't just don't buy it and click next dude like but thank you for commenting because every time you tell me how stupid it is it just goes keeps it going keeps my the algorithms just, rolling yeah it's just like it's just like, oh, people are talking about this. It's like, it doesn't matter if they're talking good or bad. Yeah. It just sees that people are talking. Especially on TikTok and there and Facebook. It'll just, they get so fired up and then it just gets it showing more and more people. And then people just start buying more. And it's like, thank you. I appreciate all the negativity. That's my new go to thing is like, thanks for the comments. It's you're helping me out instead of fighting them or telling <laughs> yeah. to argue. There's, yeah, sometimes hey. arguing it helps to get it more views but it just kind of doesn't really work in the end so free marketing man free marketing yeah i'll take it that's all i'm doing what i like doing 
at the end of every episode is giving people some advice. So like people who are new to the industry or maybe someone that has that idea in the back of their mind that they are thinking about making, what advice would you give them? I've always said, don't be scared to screw up. I use a different word easily. I don't know if we're allowed to say those are here, but even when I get new guys at work, it's like, don't be too scared to break it. Like we can fix it. Most of the time it's going to be able to get fixed. So get in there and learn how it works. Learn how to build what you want to do and just make it. And if it breaks something, whatever. But I see, don't be scared. to. Then that goes along with trying it, with just going along and doing it or building it wrong and thinking somebody's not going to like it on Instagram. Like, who gives a shit? Just do it. Well, that's a lot of it. Like, just make it and make it happen like you did with going to school. And like, just start doing it. And it's, you're going to figure it out over time. And no, you're going to, you're going to suck. You're going to break it. You might waste some metal. Whatever. Have fun and make your product, make whatever you're trying to make for yourself or somebody else and try to do your best. And it works out in the end, usually. And then you learn something and you get to learn, okay, let's never do that way. Let's try it this way this time. Yeah. As long as you're learning, you're not failing. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. And yeah, sometimes it's expensive, especially as a business owner when you screw up and you, have to rebuild the whole handrail or you dug the hole in the wrong spot or whatever. Yeah, it, it can suck, but you just learn to always double check now. You can't learn without screwing up. That's just yeah. not a thing. But yeah, with welding, just don't be scared to try it. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. I think so. If people want to find more about the Picketmaster Pro and your new center finder, where can people go to find all of your stuff? Instagram is my go-to. I'm I'm on there all day long, pretty much. So if you want to eat, read them on Instagram at SLC, Salt City Steel. I'm on Instagram there. I'm on Facebook under Salt City Steel. I'm on TikTok on Salt City Steel. And then I have my own website that is uh, saltcitysteel.org, where that's where most of my sales, best place to purchase is. Uh, but if you can email me at saltcitysteel at Gmail, I'm on there too. I love, I love helping people. So if, if anybody has any hand up questions, any any fabrication questions, they're always welcome to ask. I usually at least once or twice a day we're helping somebody figure out what screws to use to put it on a deck or any of that stuff. I love it. That's awesome, man. Well, I'll have to start hitting you up. Please do. Anytime. <laughs> I, if I don't know, I know quite a few people now on Instagram so we can help solve it. But yeah, the Instagram's the place to find the product. They'll see my videos, how it works how the Picketmaster works, how the center finder works, how to do it with the large railing. I got tons of videos on there on how-tos and all my fun little shenanigans. It's kind of a different page. I post a lot of family stuff as well, so I kind of just do whatever I want. I don't follow any rules, so I have fun on there. Hey, you're the boss. Yeah, that's how I think. Like, whatever. I only could do this once, so I might as well have fun. I do have YouTube under some weird salt city still with a bunch of numbers on the back of it. But I haven't figured that one out that well. So I, some stuff gets posted there and it kind of just sits there. But I would like to figure out the YouTube a little more. I might have to reach out to you to learn more about that side. Hey, I, I'm here to help, my friend. Nice. That's one. I don't watch it very much. All day, you know, every I, day. I only go to YouTube for quick tutorials. It's not really an entertainment platform for me. So I don't really understand it as well as some people who are on there, I think, really watching it a lot more. It's a great place to find pretty much anything you'd ever want in life. Yeah. There's there's rules and just like welding, how you have to follow a procedure when you post content, 
there's a procedure. Okay. So I need to learn that. I would love have, to help. Yeah. We're going to have to talk. I, I need help on that one. I don't know that procedure. We're Instagram. I do know that procedure. I figured that one out. Okay. So that's kind of how this whole social media works, isn't it? They're all a little different. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's every and day. then they change the damn game on you halfway through. You thought you had it figured out and it totally different. And you didn't even know it changed every time. Well, this is, this has been a great conversation and I definitely, I, I feel like we're going to be, I know we're going to be going out to possibly do some, uh, work at a ski resort this year. Oh, cool. So if I do, I might have to reach out to you and maybe we'll do another podcast just specifically about work that you do at a ski resort. That'd be cool. You know? I think been, that'd be pretty cool. That would be fun. I will. No, I've been doing it for about 17 years and I actually did it in in New Zealand first for a half a season there. So I know a little bit about it. I'd have to say, dang, I've been doing it for quite a minute and, uh, doesn't look like I'm probably going to be quitting anytime soon either. So I'll be learning more and more. It's getting so much more tech technology's coming into it even more and more. It's like everything. And it's really cool industry. It's a really cool career. And I guess while I have your listeners, like if you're a young kid and you like to ski, Look, go to your ski resort and see if they have an opening because lift maintenance is a pretty cool career. You get to ski around. Hope that's okay. I'm plugging this, but I, we need employees just Dude, like every absolutely. other market, any other thing. Like we're hurting in the, every ski resort's growing right now. So if anybody is going to community college, you don't even have to be going to school. They're going to hire you. We need people. So if you could say you could fix a lawnmower, we're going to give you a job and on the job training you. But if you're going to school as a welder and you're like, I don't want to work in a freaking weld shop. Or in a go work on the pipeline, we got jobs for you. We can come in and you're not welding every day, but we will need people big time in every state. Every yeah. ski resort needs it. Everybody's growing. Every, so I just like to share the word that it is a career path. And now people, they're starting to pay better and better too. For years, the ski industry was like, nah, you, you've got paid by to ski and we still do, but that was kind of how they didn't yeah. pay you. They're like, oh, you're here because it's wonderful. But you can't afford it nowadays. Yeah, you're in paradise already. What are you talking but about? But if you can't afford to live in paradise, it's really hard to do the job. So they're all starting to pay a lot more. <laughs> so it's kind of a cool thing to get into. I would recommend it to damn near anybody to at least give it a try. Dang, man. Don't tempt me with a good time now. Come on down. That, it's that, fun. I think you might you might have just unlocked my next pathway in life. Let's get you so. going. It's fun. You get to climb towers. You get to be at heights. You get to go skiing, wait for stuff to break, and then you get a problem solved. So it's in the summertime. It's a, you're it's, you're on the mountain. You're the only one there. It's beautiful. You get to see it in a different light than anybody else. You get to take things apart, put it back together. Oh man, it's a fun career. That sounds amazing. It's pretty it cool. Sounds like, amazing. Actually, if truthfully, if I didn't have wasn't working at a ski resort, I probably would be full time welding in my shop here but i don't really it's hard to give that up so that's kind of why i have three yeah. jobs so do i need three jobs not always but hey if you have tools and you have a shop you should be using them so that's kind of my thing yeah gotta do work i think there's work to be done you gotta do why it. not if i'm still young enough and uh, even if you're not whatever everybody what else are you gonna do sit on the couch and fishing would be nice a little more of that but whatever do that when i'm older hey <laughs> Yeah, man, that is crazy. I and so do you get do you get free season passes? Then yeah, I guess. almost if, every hill gives you a free season pass. We give out 
where I'm at, you get a free season pass for myself, all my dependents. So my three kids get passes, my wife gets passes. And we actually even get the icon pass now so we can go to other mountains and ski for free all season long. And that's a big perk. Man. So that's sometimes why they that's didn't a, that's pay That's a huge well. bonus. Oh, dude, it's amazing. I, I saw how the number this year, <laughs> it's massive. It's a good like 10 grand for me. And that's why they didn't pay as well at first for years, but now it, they're all paying pretty well. Like, I guess you can't eat the snow <laughs> and survive. Yeah. Now you can't live in a ski town at all. That's one sad thing that yeah. I've noticed is the in these ski towns, like where I'm at, I'm up in Park City, Utah. So um, when I oh, started man. there, it's the best place. Oh, it's such a cool place. But when I started there, all these young, all the young kids, anyone who was getting into it in your 20s, you'd live in town you know they'd all live in town and they they'd have four or five roommates and whatever but now they all have to live in salt lake or some of the little surrounding towns and it's a little different nowadays than it used to be and that wasn't even that long ago really it wasn't back in the heyday in the 80s and 90s when it was a real ski world (laughs) i i'm upset like i was obsessed with snowboarding when i was in colorado and just the whole birth of snowboarding, that whole culture, I wish I was alive in those days and was part of that just because it, it is so crazy. Like if you if you got some time to kill, just like look up the like history of Burton snowboards. Yeah, that's and some it cool is stuff. Amazing. It really is that they just did whatever they wanted needed to do and wanted to do to make make a sport. That, it's pretty it neat. So cool. Well, man, this has been so awesome chatting and I definitely like I I I need to get one of these these uh picket massive pros for myself. Okay, too. we'll have so to talk. I'm gonna be ordering one. Excellent. Yeah. I appreciate no, I, that. I want my note, man. Yeah. I want my note in the box. Oh, you get a note, you get I a, want the full package. Yep, it's a cool little kit. My wife even sews up a little cases for them for all the models. So we have three models. Like I said, we have a three point center finder, a seven for like your smaller fabrication, like a nice little basic shop. So if you're not really building handrails, but you're spacing out coat hooks, you're spacing out, you want to space your welds and make them all like exactly four inches, three inches, two inches apart. We got that one. And then the 12, which is more your handrails. And I got a uh, heavy equipment guys who do it. You know, if you're welding up a boom, you had to take a boom apart off of an excavator and you wanted to make it look factory, you space your welds with that and stuff like that. I think some of the big name guys have them and do some really cool stuff with them. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. And thank you, Wes, for coming on the show. It was an awesome chat, and I can't wait to put this Picketmaster Pro to work on an upcoming project. I also want to give a huge thank you to Lincoln Electric for sponsoring the show and helping us all learn about the different pathways available in the welding industry. If you have a topic that you'd like me to cover or you'd like to be a guest on the show, reach out to me on the Weld app at it. Or shoot me an email to bowdweatweld.com. Speaking of the app, if you have a question or you're struggling with something, drop it in the feed and you might just see it in a future episode over on YouTube. And if we can't get to it, there's tons of experienced welders in there who would be happy to help you out. Until next week, we'll see you out there.